0: Well, today we're going to be continuing our look at the Book of Acts. So, uh, over the last month or so, Sean's done a couple of um, preludes to the book, where he's sort of set the scene. And uh, this morning, we're basically going to be reading through three chapters of the Book of Acts, and really looking at what God was doing uh, with the apostles, the disciples, with the church back then, and, and looking at the way that the, the Spirit was, the Holy Spirit was moving these people. And we want to look at it as as a mirror. Um, When we read the Bible it exposes what's in our hearts, our sins, our shortcomings, the areas of life where we need to repent and it also shows us who we are and what we can be and what walking with God can look like. So I'm hoping today as we go through the book of Acts we'll... Really, let our hearts be, um, be filled with the, the glory of God and the wonders of God and the, the way that God can move amongst his people. And I hope that we'll be um, creating an expectation in our lives that God would move in the same way amongst us. So, in uh, Acts chapter 2, I'm in the book of Isaiah, so I might go somewhere else, see. So. <laughs> uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 43. it says that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles and uh, in chapter three we're going to hear about or read about one of these signs that happened so we go here and I've made some nice slides so everyone can read along because everyone just reading up here, you'll probably zone out. So I'm hoping you'll look at the pictures, you'll look at the words, you'll read along and be engaged with me and we'll go on this journey together. All right. So, I brought my small print Bible. I can hardly read it. <laughs> <I> need glasses. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll just hold it up really close. as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. And I, when I was reading that, I was thinking, the thought of having no silver and gold is probably one of the most horrible thoughts we can have, isn't it? For most of us. you know. <laughs> but for Peter, he possessed something far, far greater. So that's pretty cool. Then Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. I'm going to turn around because it's not up here. I'm going to see it. <laughs> In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this he said to them, fellow Israelites why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power of godliness we had made this man walk? I love how when, um, when Peter did this amazing miracle, straight away he goes and points all the attention to Jesus. And I was thinking about how God uses the, the humble people, the, the, the broken people, and it wasn't that long ago that Peter had denied Christ. And yet here he has been used to glorify Christ. And straight away he's going, yeah, there could be a lot of temptation. You know, like when Paul went to places and healed people and did miracles, everyone's like, wow, Paul, you're a God. Straight away to are like, no, 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 don't look at us. Look straight at God. It's, it's Jesus who's done this. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. The focus is all on Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you even Jesus we, we see this theme a lot through scripture and it comes up later in, in the next couple of chapters too of repenting um, and then forgiveness of sins coming in and then times of refreshing coming from the Lord but it seems like repentance is a, a, very much a, a precursor to to mighty acts of God. Oh, that way too. (laughs) My head's going to get sore from looking back. Is is there any way we can get the screen on? Oh, yeah. Could could be. All right. (laughs) We'll see how we go. (laughs) Uh, Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Now it's going to find it in my Bible in small print. (laughs) That's the only NIV that I had in the modern NIV. (laughs) All right, where are we at? Verse 26. Oh, cool. Thanks. All right, this is good. Oh, you've got big print. Oh, thank you. I didn't realise how old I was getting. Thank you, David. All right. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many have spoken, have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. It's a great blessing to be turned from your wicked ways, to be turned from your sin. James 1 verse 15 says that when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So when God has mercy on us and blesses us by turning us away from our wicked ways, he really saves us from a lot of earthly sorrow and and, and sorrow not only in this world but the world to come. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead they were greatly disturbed and i think that there's always going to be opposition to the preaching of christ second timothy 3 verse 12 says that in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted we are in a war and the enemy does mount counter-attacks. But we have a sure hope of victory. But as we read on, we'll see how the apostles respond to this, this persecution that's coming. So, they seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other big men names. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a cripple, and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Even if people don't like the gospel, even when the message is offensive, uh, when it goes against the culture, it's our imperative that we preach it because it's the truth and there's no other way for people to be saved if we stay quiet to protect people's sensibilities, then we're, we're damning them. So we, even when it's uh, not received well, we, we, we need to speak the truth always in love. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That's one of the greatest verses in the whole chapter. (laughs) These men had been with Jesus. When we spend time with Jesus, beholding his face, we are transformed into his image and we become like him. And there's no hiding. You can't put a a candle under a basket or under a bushel, as I like to say. (laughs) That's old King James right there. But when you're with Jesus, there's no hiding it. You you, you can tell the people who spend lots of time in prayer, lots of time meditating the word, the people who just are are filled with with the spirit of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful thing. But since these rulers, they could see that the man who had been healed was standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Isn't it amazing that the Jewish leaders knew a miracle had been done and when I was reading this I was thinking about when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That was another occasion where the Jewish leaders knew that a great miracle had been done but instead of opening up their hearts and opening up their eyes to the wonders being done, that they, they, their hearts were dark and they didn't want any light to get in there and expose who they were and they were completely blind to it and instead of celebrating and enjoying the goodness of God, they just completely went, shut it down, shut it down, run, stop this. It's, it, it's amazing what we can do in our, in our blindness. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They had seen amazing things and there was no way that they could shut up about it. And when I was reading this I was thinking that that's also my prayer for for myself and for all of you here today too. That we also would experience Jesus in such a way that we cannot help but speak and proclaim what God has done. What we have seen God do and what he's done in our lives. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. That seemed like a good thing to me. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So the persecutions come, and how do they respond? Verse 24, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen now lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant jesus after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and spoke the word of god boldly it's almost pentecost all over again the place was shaken they were all filled with the holy spirit again and their prayer was immediately answered their prayer for boldness they spoke the word of god boldly for Peter, this is the third time he's specifically said to be filled with the Spirit. The life of a believer is continual feeling and being filled and seeking the presence of God. The disciples were filled with the Spirit to empower them to speak with boldness. And think about this the apostles walked with Jesus, they saw him doing the miracles, they witnessed the resurrection, they were eyewitnesses of his majesty. But they needed boldness from the Holy Spirit to speak the gospel, to share it. So how much more do we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to be speaking with boldness? We can't do it through our own strength and striving. We are greatly in need of the Holy Spirit's enabling power. And it is something that we should be looking for in our lives. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. God's grace was working powerfully among them. And what did they look like? What did that look like? I was talking to Laura about this last night, I said it looked like love. There was not a needy person among them. Sharing, caring, sacrificing for each other. When God's grace works powerfully amongst us, it's it's love. But now we have some stirrings in the story. We'll read on. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, because that's a great name, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Well, that's good so far. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Real estate is booming. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out, and buried him about three hours later his wife came in not knowing what had happened peter asked her tell me is this the price you and ananias got for the land yes she said that is the price peter said to her how could you agree to test the spirit of the lord look the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also at that moment she fell down at his feet and died then the young men came in and finding her dead carried her out and buried her beside her husband great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events and for good reason too eh uh, this whole story makes me think of how holy God is. Uh, and I think of the um, psalmist who says, Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. If we're trying to move in God's presence, in his power, and come before him with dirty hands and a poison filled heart, what do you expect will happen? I think this story is a good one to meditate on when we start thinking of of God as a bit of a lovey-dovey, softy, you know, sugar daddy in the sky. You sort of see this story and realise, wow, God is holy and we miss that to our own peril. God is not to be messed with. So great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in solomon's colonnade no one else dared join them that's that fear thing even though they were highly regarded by the people nevertheless more and more men and women believed in the lord and were added to their number as a result People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest And all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers found they had gone walkabout, So they went back and reported. We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. This whole situation is getting out of hand for them. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. "'We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name,' he said. "'Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching,' and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honoured by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Judas appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. you will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged, not with a wet lettuce. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing, Because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. They went out rejoicing. It is a great honour to suffer for Christ. And Paul wrote to the Philippians that it had been granted to them not only to believe in Christ but to suffer for them. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Day after day, day after day, a continual walk with God, continually sharing the good news, continually teaching and training and growing in God, day after day. So in these chapters, we've looked into the mirror of God's word, And we can see that God has done amazing things. And God is still doing amazing things. I hope as you read along with me today that your heart swelled with joy at the goodness and greatness of God and the wonders of what he has done. But I also hope that you were filled with expectation of what God is going to do. For God is working here today, right now. God has used many people in many ways and he wants to use us too. I thought I'd just close with a verse from 1 Chronicles where it says in chapter 7 verse 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven And I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Thank you.